Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, so you're going to get a little bit more of a uh, intro when we cut to the actual show. This little pre-intro is because I had to discuss how awesome this guest was, William Turner. This man... We're running this new feature uh, where we're getting outside sources as interviews. And the idea was we might get 15-minute interviews here, maybe a 30-minute interview, maybe an hour interview. Uh, and we're, we're going to turn them into special episodes, whether they were, hey, I'll tag a 15-minute uh, interview on the end of another episode. We'll have special two-interview episodes. We'll have special um, hour episodes with these, these new outside interviews that we've been trying to gather up. Well, I sat down with Mr. Turner. And um, for a 15-minute interview, that's what we were scheduled for, uh, 15 minutes, I believe. Um, I may have, maybe I threw in um, 30 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think it was 15 minutes we were scheduled for, and we sat down and talked for just about a half hour, uh, and it was wonderful speaking to this man. He is an elegant speaker. Um, he has a wonderful story that we only dipped into truthfully because uh, the point of this interview was to promote his new book, uh, which you'll hear about in the following interview here. But this man was such a joy to sit down and speak with any aspiring writers and, and you know what, scratch that anyone inspiring to do anything remotely uh, artful, you know, Whatever, whatever it is, whether you're, you know, uh, in a band or you're trying to be a director, a, an actor, a writer, an artist, whatever it is, um, listen to this interview because he has a lot of great advice that, you know, is obviously geared towards writing and being an author. But if you take the basics out of it, it transcends mediums, man. And, uh, it, I, I want, to interview Mr. Turner again. I want to sit down for a full hour. Um, it sounds like he has uh, a whole life worth of stories to tell us um, that aren't meant for paper, his own personal stories. Uh, he is an interesting man. So uh, stay tuned because we're about to cut to that interview. Uh, I want to thank him for, for coming in, uh, for talking uh, for uh, with us for the half hour on the phone. Uh, and we can't I hope that for his next novel, he's ready to come with us. He's going to sit down for an hour, maybe even longer. You know how these shows go uh, and chat with us about uh, life in general. I I want this man to tell me how to live. Uh, so check it out. William Turner right here on the other end of Everything is Awesome right here only on AwesomePodcast.com. Welcome to Everything is Awesome, the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And something that we're trying out here now is uh, this cool new concept where we uh, sit down with a guest who um, is going to offer us a quick glimpse of what they're doing in their awesome world. Uh, and our next guest in this little series that we're doing is William Turner, uh, an author out of California uh, who has a uh, novel uh, releasing or released already, uh, A Murder in Our Midst, uh, 
um, and he is going to tell us a little bit about that. William, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming uh, and doing this interview. And thank you for interviewing me, sir. Yeah, uh, it's, I'm excited. This is, um, so, so this is one of the first few interviews that we've done in this new format. So as we kind of learn the process here, you're, you're helping us do that, and I appreciate that. And uh, this is, you're the second author we've had on the show, uh, and, but in a completely different realm, and that excites me. So before we, we get into your, your new book, um, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you um, got into to writing and what made you want to become an author of some sort. I was, uh, I had had a class uh, in college, and I had written a paper, and the professor had uh, written across the top, it's amazing at the high rate of illiteracy here in the United States. I was absolutely devastated. I went traipsing to Brother Newman and Brother Ward at Roxbury High School to ask him what was he saying. And collectively, they said, your paper is technically correct, but you don't have style. Mm -hmm. And uh, I asked them, how can I get style? They thought momentarily and then told me, said, well, you got to, I tell you what, read some murder mysteries. And I went to Boston's library. I think I got there about 10 o'clock and I stayed the entire day reading Agatha Christie. Okay watching the, uh, paying attention to the structure and all of this. And when I went back to uh, college that Monday, I was ready. And uh, little did I realize that Agatha Christie had influenced me tremendously. Uh, and I was unaware of this. And uh, shortly thereafter, I started writing murder mysteries. Okay. And... Um, my debut mystery uh, is uh, a murder in our midst. And um, I was really surprised at the reviews that I received. And um, one had stated, my postman, as a matter of fact, stated that he had uh, purchased the book and that I was following closely. Mm -hmm. No, he said clumsily and the footsteps of uh, Agatha Christie. Taking my mail, I went inside, and uh, I wondered, I said, I wonder if he was uh, <laughs> demeaning me, criticizing me or whatever. And uh, I was later told, said, no, he was absolutely complimenting you. <laughs> uh, so now, in my, in my world, you know, uh, Murder mystery style of um, novels, uh, they seem to be taking a, a backseat to a lot of these other more fantastical, um, sci-fi, action-y type novels. So what's it like writing in something that I, I, is probably more unique in, in the era that we're in now, in the 2016s, than it was maybe like 20, 30 years ago? There are those um, old-timers who prefer, at the close of the day, to kick back with a, a glass of sherry <laughs> in front of a fireplace, reading an intriguing murder mystery. I don't think that murder mysteries will forever be relegated to uh, the back. Uh, I think there's a resurgence of it, 
but I think they are relegated because of the uh, publishing industry. Uh, they are highly subjective. Uh, I have solicited one uh, publisher, and um, I asked for a critique, not to be considered for publication, mm -hmm. whether or not I had talent. Because there isn't anything worse than trying to do something that you are intellectually uh, ill-equipped to do. Yeah. And uh, I was surprised that I received such a feedback. She told me that, uh, yes, indeed, you do have uh, talent and do this, this, and this, which I was able to follow. And uh, I found it quite uh, successful. And uh, one publisher had gone on the Internet. She stated that she had read the uh, author's query letter. That is when you tell the pub potential publisher what the book is all about. Mm -hmm. And she says that she was just absolutely floored, and she contacted him immediately to sign him up. Okay. And uh, I wondered, what in God's name did he write in that query letter? <laughs> and luckily, there was a picture of him. That was an attractive man, and I think that that is what attracted that woman. Uh... And so it is highly subjective. Yes. And even now, the uh, rejection letters are almost uh, identical. Good luck, not suited, good luck, and thank you for uh, querying us. So let me, let me ask you this. Um, did you go, obviously you, you went through traditional publishing um, for, uh, for a while. Did you eventually find a traditional publisher to publish your book? Or did you go what so many new, uh, authors are doing nowadays and going self-publishing? Uh, I'm going with self-publishing. And uh, it was an agent, I think, in North Carolina who stated the most important thing to do is to get your work before the public. Absolutely. Because the public is the deciding factor. And so many of us are going to uh, have turned to self-publishing. And it is quite rewarding. It's, uh, it, it is. It's, I dabble in writing myself. And um, it's... I would be a fool to think that I, sh I could present in front of a publisher, but uh, self-publishing is, you know, giving authors like yourself um, something that uh, the music industry and even filmmaking has had for years and decades, and that's the indie scene, if you will. It's an independent way of getting your book out there, and th for me, that's where the best work and the best um, art comes from. You're right, sir. And, uh, but going that route of uh, self-publishing, it adheres to the same standards as uh, going to the traditional mainstream publishers. You must have a quality product. And it is absolutely essential that you have it critiqued. Mm -hmm. And uh, you ask for opinions. Does it make sense? Is it cohesive? Were you able to follow it? And once you've done those things, then you pursue the self-publishing. Mm -hmm. Because, the, like I said, the public, the public reader, is the absolute judge of your uh, embryonic 
ability. And uh, I'll never forget, I was at work when one of my employees told me, said, Mr. Turner, you have some reviews. My heart had sunken. And uh, because when you're out there with your work, it's like being nude. You don't know if you're going to get applause or booze. And with Temerity, I accessed uh, Amazon.com and uh, saw the reviews. I was absolutely floored. I was tremendously pleased. So you actually, you answered one of my questions already about um, giving advice to uh, first-time authors or even indie authors who are doing self-publishing. Um, and that was excellent advice. That's probably the most sound advice I think I've, I've heard. Is, is that the most important thing you've learned through this process, or is there other things out there that you, that you may want to offer other uh, indie authors uh, from your trial and errors throughout this process? I would like for the uh, beginners and even the seasoned ones to realize that Criticism uh, is enabling. You learn from the criticism that you've received. Why didn't it make sense? And if you are rejected by mainstream uh, publishing companies, don't take it personally. Use that to strengthen you to perfect your crap. Do not give up. Absolutely no one writes the definitive novel uh, uh, that you send to a publisher and it just overwhelms them. And uh, don't be thin-skinned. That is most crucial. Continue to perfect your crap. That is, that's excellent. And uh, I I, I will pass that along to my, my buddy who is, uh, you know, he, he loves writing and he's an author himself and anyone out there listening, uh, excellent advice. Um, and I, I couldn't say it better myself. Words from, uh, you know, an author himself. Before we, um, we, we let you go, let's hear a little bit about your novel, A Murder in Our Mists. Um, tell us about how the story came to you, uh, a little bit of what it's about and, um, and, and anything you want to share about the story. Uh, it was premised on my uh, relationship with uh, Mark McDonald, who is a uh, high-profile civil attorney in California. He and I forged a friendship, and I used that as a premise. Uh, Raymond Bobant and uh, Robert Winchell uh, went to Harvard, and uh, that is where they met. And the only thing that they had in common was their home in California. Winchell soon learned that to make friends, he must first be one. And the two formed uh, a viable, most enviable friendship during the most turbulent times in American history. After graduation from Harvard, Raymond goes and works for his father, a multi-billionaire. Raymond, an African-American, joined the Los Angeles Police Department. And after he was passed over for several promotions, he became disgruntled, resigned, and went to England. And all of his letters to Raymond were cheerful, but Raymond had grown to know him intricately. And uh, he knew something was wrong. 
using the Babant's uh, international influence, they found out that he was unemployed. They, uh, again, they used their influence to get him a job with Scotland Yacht. He handled a case for the queen that was most delicate. And because she was so impressed, she knighted him. Everything was going swimmingly for uh, Robert. Raymond writes him and tells him, I need you to come right away. Someone in my family is trying to kill me. Quite naturally, Robert drops everything to go to the aid of his friend, who was closer than a paternal brother. When he gets to California, specifically uh, Pasadena, the family tells him that Raymond had terminal cancer, unable to deal with it. He took his own life. Winchell did not believe this. He says, no, I know him. He wouldn't have done anything like this. And after uh, Robert's uh, parents had died, the Babans had t more or less t uh, had taken him in. What makes it so sensitive was that Robert started to investigate the family who had closed ranks, and he wondered why, thinking of all things that they would want to know what happened to Raymond. During his investigation, he uncovered other murders committed by different culprits, but with a common motive. It goes to the question, just how far will you go to exact justice for a friend? I like that it. Is, that is a murder in our midst. I like it. That sounds like an excellent read. You've sold it. You sold me. I I, I think later tonight I'm going to go and pick up a, a, an e-copy of the book, uh, and and read it. That's I. It's it's rare to find a good murder mystery, in my opinion. It's something that, um, like you said, is coming back. Uh, and what's always intrigued me is those murder mystery dinners, and that always sparks my interest in wanting to read one. And you know, I think you've sparked me to read read yours. I I want to pick it up this weekend, if not tonight. Um, I tell you what, I'm most appreciative. But bear in mind, that was my debut murder mystery. But look forward to the next one. Death comes for the president. Oh, you man, you are you are a psychic. I was going to ask you what's next for you uh, in in writing. Do you already have something lined up? And it sounds like you do. I do, sir. And uh, it was most intriguing. Uh, I'm a very lazy writer, <laughs> and I don't commence writing until the story has fully developed okay. in my mind. And that precludes writer's block. Not laziness, but writer's block. Mm. And uh, if you were to look through my window, you would swear that I was a schizophrenic because I'm acting out the pods and then going to the computer and hastily typing. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I, it's, I'm glad that there's other authors like that because whenever I write anything, whether it's for a novel or for a skit or something, uh, I do the same thing. If people looked in my window or could see through my walls, uh, they'd have me committed. Absolutely. That's it. Uh, so, William, uh, where can people find your book? They can access Amazon.com. Barnes and Noble, and all other book outlets. 
and uh, they can type in William Turner, and uh, the book will pop up. And the identifying thing is that it uh, on the cover is uh, a foot with a tag around it. It is also, like I said, available at Barnes and Noble. And they can also type in a murder in our midst. And I am in the category of uh, Agatha Christie. Okay. And where is there anywhere uh, online that people can find out uh, more about you? Yes, they can. Uh, there's a bio with uh, Amazon.com. And it will tell them there was a time that I wanted to be a priest, a Roman Catholic priest. Oh, yeah? Yes. And um, I felt I did not have enough exposure to life to walk into the monastery and close the door and not look back. Regrettably, I became so sordid with life that it precluded me from going into the uh, priesthood. And uh, I regret that. And uh, I think God realized that I was not suited because I don't have patience, understanding, (laughs) (laughs) and all of this. And I could just see myself in a confessional where people are, you know, uh, giving you a litany of what they've done. And then I would probably say, why did you do that? How come? Why? Yeah, the, I, I would imagine that to be a priest of any sort, you have to have a lot of patience. And uh, you know what? That's what writing's for. You know, you can, yes. the patience you don't have, you put down on paper. Yes, you do. And uh, it is quite therapeutic. It uh, hones just crap. Yes. And uh, another thing, too, is this. Oftentimes, we undertake things that we are ill-suited for. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find monumental uh, rejections. And it is not so much repeating what you have done and not realizing what you have done incorrectly. Not everyone is suited to be a chef. Not everyone is suited to be a plumber, a janitor, or whatever. Find your calling. And if there is, a receptive publisher, submit your manuscript to be critiqued, and they will tell you, hopefully, whether you have the talent for it. And don't be crushed if they tell you that you don't. Because there are, well, I'll put it this way, a degree in English does not qualify a person to write murder mysteries or anything else per se. It mm. only enables you to write in sentences cohesively. Yes. And um, murder mysteries, uh, short sentences, speed the reader up. Longer sentences, compound, complex sentences, uh, you throw in description, setting, background, and all of this. There are techniques to it that one must learn and inculcate in their writing. Just to be straightforward with a story from the death to the resolution, you will soon lose your reader. Uh, Murder Mysteries take the reader from California to Boston to Alaska to the uh, Atlanta and all of those areas. 
they give them uh, a panoramic view mm-hmm. and write about something that is intriguing, something that will inspire. And don't put the racist down. Always write from a scholastic point of view. I have heard it said that writers write down to the American people because they're not as educated as they would like to think. That is not true. There are a lot, a plethora of intelligent Americans. So you write to them. It's like looking them in the eye. Say, here's my product. Here's what I've done. And it is up to you to be the ultimate judge. And taking that perspective, that stance, you'll come out on top. That's great words. Uh, you know, I, I wish I had a notepad here. I, I could sit down and take notes. That is great advice for, for anything. Um, and I, I thank you for sharing that with, with my audience because, uh, I, we have an audience that's full of creators, whether it be authors or podcasters or what, uh, you know, filmmakers or, or musicians. Uh, and, you know, that, that advice could go a long, long way for these guys. You know, the voice of America is, uh, changing and for some dramatically. There are new voices out there, and uh, gradually their voices are being heard from different uh, pockets of America, and always know your setting, familiar settings that the reader can identify with. If you're setting the murder mystery in Pennsylvania, know the landmarks, know the streets in all of this. And uh, you can contact the Tourist Bureau and ask them about their city, which they will gladly share. I'll never forget when I was uh, writing, and uh, my publisher told me, she says, uh, I lived in California, and you cannot get from here to uh, this place that you are describing on the freeway that you have (laughs) talked about. (laughs) (laughs) I was most grateful that she brought that to my attention. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> it is quite fascinating doing the, uh, the writing process. And uh, you find in the movie industry, recycling of old ideas and all of this. Mm-hmm. Originality has seemed to be relegated and all of this. There are new ideas out there, rel- uh, uh, riveting ideas. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate when I was writing, I had taken a course uh, in aberrant behavior. And uh, believe it or not, I got an A in it because I think I identified myself in most of those scenarios. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, that helped me tremendously in coming up with culprits that are diabolical, but uh, highly functional in society. You will never, you'll never imagine. It reminds me of the uh, Borges who were highly functional, but incurably insane. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) but uh, once you do this and able to tap into the human psyche, 
and you write something that is believable, if someone were to walk up and slap you, you would say, you know what, I was dozing off, and I really do thank you for bringing me back to reality. No, you're going to turn around and slap the person back. Of course. Sadly to say. And so you write where it is believable that people can identify with. Yeah. And those are the keys. Yeah, that's, uh, there's being from, um, I'm from the Bucks County area of Pennsylvania. So uh-huh. any M. Night Shyamalan movie that, that I watch is usually somehow there's something about Bucks County in there. And if he gets something wrong, you know that we are the first to jump down their throats. Right. You will pick it up quickly. Yes. And people don't realize this. They just start writing and say, well, I said it in, uh, Pennsylvania, and they don't have a clue what Pennsylvania is all about. It's politics, it's people, and uh, it's landmarks. And uh, people say, you know what, really, I don't think that this person has ever been to uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's uh, a recent example is uh, X Files came back, and they had uh-huh. they had an episode that was uh, in Bucks County, and they were talking about a high school that was actually in Philadelphia, which is a huge difference, even though it's like only about an hour away, if that. Right. And that was uh-huh. like I looked at uh, I think their Facebook page, and everyone that was living in Bucks County like blew up their Facebook page. Not I wouldn't say they were just kind of. Uh, geek raging about it. Uh, well, they should have. <laughs> and that was on the uh, producers. It yeah. is their responsibility to make sure that the setting is appropriate and everything that's connected with that program is accurate mm-hmm. as best as they can get it. Yeah. And it wouldn't have hurt them to go to uh, where they are setting the uh, movie and talk to the locals and all of this to get their input. Yeah. Uh, and Absolutely. And another thing, too, is this. It was that with my debut miss, uh, murder mystery, a murder in our midst, there are those devotees who can tell who did it within a couple of chapters. I was most fortunate when a reader, a reviewer stated, it keeps you guessing until the very last page. That makes me smile right there. Yes. That makes me smile. Uh, William, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself and a lot about your book. And even more so, all the great advice you gave to anyone out there that's trying to do their own thing, whether it be writing, uh, filming, singing, whatever it is. Thank you. Uh, it's been great. And- and thank you very much, sir, for interviewing me. Uh, of course. And anytime, next time you have a book, make sure you get in contact because I would like to have, I would like to sit down with you for the full hour of this show and just pick your brain next time because you seem like a fascinating fella and you have tons of great, uh, advice, stories, everything. Thank you for the compliment. All right. William, take care and we'll talk to you later. Turn Our Miss is available on Amazon.com, uh, Barnes and Nobles, uh, and check out, uh, William's bio page on Amazon. You can search him up on, uh, by William Turner and just look for his book, <coughs> A Murder in Our Mists. Uh, it's got the foot with a toe tag on it. Thank you once again, William. 
Thank you, sir. Yep. Take all care. Right, bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Mr. William Turner, uh, author of A Murder in Our Midst. Thank you for being on the show. He was a joy to speak with. Please go find his book, buy it, read it. Uh, murder mystery is a lost art. Uh, it's something that is, is I think, coming back. I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lost art. It really is. There's, we're so used to our fantasy stories. We're so used to our superhero stories that we forget. Sometimes we just need a good detective story, a good mystery that needs solving. We need a, like, just like the Scooby Debt Gang needs. The Scooby Gang needs to solve mysteries. We need to read more murder mysteries. Um, William Turner, I had so much fun talking to him. You heard his words. Anyone could listen to him and, and, and take that advice and make something out of it. I can't wait to sit down and talk with this man again. Um, I hope it's soon. Um, but it all depends on how he, when he finishes that book and you heard him. He's a lazy writer. Uh, so again, thank you to him. I'm glad it all worked out. It was a great one. Of my, this is one of my favorite interviews. Um, it, it, it was it inspired me. That's how good this interview was, is it inspired me in, in the craft that I do to be better at what I do. Um, so again, show him love because he just dropped some knowledge on you, son. I want everyone to check us out on our new Twitter, at RealAwesomePod. Uh, I'm going to start throwing some things up related to the podcast there. We're going to go back to our very first guest, Garrett Smith, uh, all the way through to our current guest and just post some cool tidbits about them. Uh, and eventually it'll just be like at the week that we that we're waiting for the show to post, we're going to throw some info out about that guest. Um, we have an Instagram at awesome podcast on Instagram. Same thing. We're going to throw, we're going to find pictures. Some of these people as I have uh, connections with, so we're going to throw out old pictures from yesteryear, um, and whatnot. And of course you can find us on awesomepodcast.com. Uh, it will be in a week from now. Awesomepodcast.com will be redesigned. So excited. Aren't you? I can't wait. Um, so all big things happening. Uh, you have in the coming weeks to look forward to Jeff Stormer. Jeffrey Stormer coming on the show. Good conversation. Great conversation. Ace Marrero. My God. I want to save it for that episode. The pre-intro on that and, and the post-intros, also called outros, uh, for those those episodes that I'm going to cut up. But dear God, did I love talking to Ace. So for Everything is Awesome, I'm your host, Kev, and we'll see you next time right here only on awesomepodcast.com. Everything is Awesome is produced by Crude Humor Studios. For more information about the podcast, please visit us online at awesomepodcast.com. Or if you're interested in advertising on the show, please email us at advertising at crudehumorstudios.com. Stream and download all episodes on iTunes. While you're there, please consider leaving a five-star review. If you're a fan of the show, please let us know by following us on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at that entertains.